0: Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of our everlasting life, which thou has given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, can be found on page 977 in your pew Bible. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's not uncommon for somebody to talk about something being kind of... um, Uh, life-changing, something that really transforms them, and it's not uncommon for us to kind of go through a spell where we're uh, not entirely happy with the way our life is and that we want to do something about it, and there's many different types of ways we might approach that. Um, Some of you with more, you know, uh, willpower than me might do a detox diet, uh, where you kind of you know try to do more pure food and less processed food, and um, to, to to feel better, and you know that might be one approach. Some people might say, "Hey, I've done this new diet; it was life changing. It's transformed me." So, some of us might be so overwhelmed with things on our to-do lists and our tasks that we might go pick up a, a, a new productivity method or a new app that promises to get our life under control. We put all our to-dos on this phone program, and it's supposed to make things easier. And I have to confess, spending more money than Robin knows about on apps that are supposed to help me get things under control. And Clifton, I've told you I'm happy you're here. <laughs> and so maybe, maybe that's one thing you do is you try to, you know, get a new process to keep things. Some people, it might be relationships. You want to get negative people out of your life. And so you, you know, you just think if I can cut off these relationships or if I can do that. or um, There there'd be all sorts of things that we might try. You know, let's get organized, get rid of the clutter in our life. And so there's whole shows. This amazes me. It's like you don't want to bother doing it yourself. So you can watch a show of somebody else coming in cleaning somebody else's clutter up. And it, it makes you feel better. And so I go through the house asking, does this spark joy? The plunger does not spark joy. But I haven't brought myself to get rid of it yet because it might one day. So, you know, you, but here's the thing. We, we try all these things to kind of get our life new and fresh and empowered and at peace. But all of them are external. All of them are things outside of ourselves. The the way most of the world kind of approaches transformation and and a new beginning is, let me get something right out here, and it's going to make me right inside. Because we kind of have an assumption that we're okay inside. We just got to fix everybody else or everything outside of us. The Scriptures tell us a different approach. The gospel is something very different. Now, I'm not saying getting um, you know, fit is not going to give you more energy or being more productive can come from keeping a to-do list. I'm not saying that any of these things um, would be something we wouldn't want to do. But true transformation is going to come from, as Paul says, strengthened in our inner being. It's inward. Something has to happen inside of us that changes us to bring this newness. And we are at a pivot in Ephesians. The way Paul tends to write the letter is he, he lays out a lot of theological understanding. This is who God is. This is what God has done. And then he turns and says, now you live out of that reality. Now, you take what you've learned about Jesus and what you've learned about God and about yourself and now work that out into your life in the way you live with your family, in the way you operate as um, someone who works for someone else or someone who manages someone else. Let this work out in, in your marriage. Let this work out in the way you live and your moral walk. And so it's it's. Something we have to keep in mind as we're in this pivot is to remember when we come later to fr- places where Paul is talking about us living as unity in the church and where he talks about how we need to um, avoid greed and how we um, need to be sexually pure and how we need to avoid certain things. All of that comes out of the gospel and comes out of our relationship with God. So we're not saying now we do these things Um, to stay in, or we do these things because this is what um, puts us right with God. We, We see that those are in the second part after we've understood that we live out of the knowledge of who God is. And so here is Paul pivoting, and he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. In other words, all that's come before us How we were in our sins. And by grace, God rescues us. And by God's grace, he redeems us. By his grace, he makes you his sons and daughters. By grace, he forgives sinners and wipes our slate clean. All of this, for this reason, he prays to God, um, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. There's a a little bit of a uh, wordplay going on there. The the Greek word father is um, "potter," And the the the, the family there is Patria. So what he's saying is he's the father whom all the, um, everyone is named. In other words, he has authority and power over all families. It's universal. And so he's just reminding us that God is universal, that he's praying to. And notice what he prays for. He wants us to know everything he's just told us. Everything that we've been studying about these past few weeks about God's love for us and the riches of his love and the riches of his grace and the riches of his mercy and how overwhelming it is, he wants us to know it. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend, to understand, to know with all the saints, what is the breadth and height and love and depth to know the love of Christ that has surpassed knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God? That's that's the center of what He wants: is that you're going to know this. So let's let's unpack what He uh, is praying because it is is pretty powerful. First off, He doesn't pray that your minds might understand. He doesn't pray that you have wisdom. He doesn't pray that. Um, You you get a boost in your IQ. Did you catch the word? We we don't say this, that you might have the strength to know that that you might be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. That that all of this is leading that you might have a knowledge and and that you're rooted and planted in that love. But he's praying that you have a strength for it. Isn't that interesting (laughs) that it's it's. It's that you're able, that you're empowered. So it's not just a rational thing that we're talking about when we're talking about knowledge. He is wanting um, you to have this ability. And there's a sense in which it's a spiritual power to know God's love, to know that truth, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that as you know him, that knowledge is that relationship of Christ through the power of his Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts. That, that the Spirit of God is in us, in our inner being, renewing us and giving us strength and power, that He would dwell in our hearts through faith. That, that's what we mean when we talk about Christ and His Spirit within us, is that we are united with Him by faith. We're trusting in Him. And so through that or by that or with that is that you are rooted and grounded in love. We're, uh, I've... I've well, first time since um, the nightmare that was my first garden, I've, I'm doing a little bit of garden, and I'm, I'm, there's so many YouTube videos on anything. I mean, I, I, I think I'm pretty sure I could learn how to do an appendectomy from a YouTube video. But there's there's YouTube videos on um, all things about soil and dirt and health and what kind of things have to be in there and how you've been in some of those things that y'all know so much better and you can tell me afterwards. But it just that you have to be rooted in the right thing. That the roots are going down, the, the soil conditions have to be perfect for life and a plant to grow. And some of y'all do that really well. But think about that for a minute. What, what matters is, is not is what you're rooted in. And he wants us to be rooted in love, that we're getting our nourishment, that we're getting our life, we're getting sustained from God's love, not our love for one another, not, not my, my mustering up my love and I'm creating it. This is something outside of me. I'm being nourished by God's love, that, that you know God's love so well that your life is rooted in it, and who you are is because you're taking nourishment from knowing God loves you. The other is that we might be grounded in love, that we might have our foundation, that we're building our lives on in love. We, we know that, that the foundation is absolutely crucial, that, that the structure and the things that we're building has to be placed on something strong so that when the storm comes, it will stand, um, that over the years it will stand. I mean, was it this week the, the building in Miami and the collapse there because something under the foundation didn't work? I mean, that, what a picture of a life that's not founded on the right thing. We're founded on God's love. Whatever comes in your life, whatever news hits you, if, if you're founded on God's love, it can endure, it can stand. So the question is raised for me automatically that what am I rooted in? What have I built my foundation on? Because we're tempted to take our nourishment from something other than God's love for us, we're we're tempted to place a foundation in something other than the knowledge of God's grace given to you. I mean, how many of us our identity is based on our career? I have the right job. I've gotten to this place in my life, and what I do, and I do it well, is my foundation. So here's, or 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 your family, or um, the way people think about you, or you know, whatever that foundation is. I mean, think about it. How ma- how many decisions are based on fear, if that's the case? How many things are, are based on kind of keeping up appearance, if that's the case, rather than triggering that nourishment that rooted and grounded in love? So that you might have the strength. There it is. Strength to comprehend. Um, that your knowledge is from that, that you're empowered to understand with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And I love this because it's boundless. How do you measure something boundless, as Baker was saying? And so this is a, it's saying he wants you to know something you can't know. He wants you to measure something you can't measure. And, and he's just using this paradox to say, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. How do you know something that surpasses knowledge? I, I was reading this and I was thinking, he doesn't mean for us just to know this information because in light of this, he wants you to know what he's just told you. So it's not just that he wants you to have this information. It's not just like a fact that he wants you to know that, like, this is the 150th anniversary of the unification of Germany. Is that right? That, that it's some kind of fact, like this is the capital of Germany. I Always have a blank when I'm trying to think for capitals because I'm gonna know them or forgive. Is Providence, Rhode Island? That sounds so I mean it's just a fact you know. You know, it's a fact you can know, but he wants you to know something different. He wants you to know God's love, and it's not just that you've saying God loves me, that you know that. He wants you to know it the way you know that honey is sweet. He wants you to know it the way you know you're at home when you just breathe a little easier when you're where you belong. He wants you to know it the way you know someone's love. He wants you to know his love that way. Not in this kind of knowledge that you can name out the kings of Israel, but he wants you to know and experience the depths of his love. And that's his prayer. Because from that, all those things that we're going to talk about later, about how we live out our life, is based in a firm conviction that I'm not scared about what anybody thinks of me. I'm not scared about screwing something up. I'm not scared about um, secrets being revealed because I'm, I'm basing everything in his love for me. That's what I'm rooted in. That's what I'm grounded on, his love. And if that's my foundation, then I can be free with others. I can be gracious with others. I can be loving with others. And so how do we know this? All right, so more and more I realize what we do in the church comes back to the gifts God has given us of hearing the word, receiving the sacraments, and praying, all within the context of brothers and sisters. That's that's our life. These are the simple gifts that God has given to us so that we hear this gospel, we read it over and over again, and God's Spirit works that truth into your life, that you just take that morsel of... Being rooted and grounded in love. And you let that work in you through the week. If you think about God's grace and God's love for you and the way that, that just takes, takes its place in your heart to empower your inner being. To, to strengthen your spirit that you know it. Or that you spend time in prayer where you're, 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 you're praying to God and in that you're also listening to God. And, and, and sometimes you're just kind of talking to yourself in God's presence. That's what so many of the Psalms are. The Psalm 103 that we're saying is, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to himself. He's saying, soul, bless God. Other Psalms, David will say, why are you downcast, O my soul? He's talking to himself, and he's saying, why are, you, why are you feeling down? Rejoice in God. That Prayer is sometimes talking to God. It's listening to God. But it's also preaching to yourself in the presence of God. And through that, you just remind yourself of the gospel. So you come in and you've had a lousy day. You've made some mistakes. You haven't done what you wanted to. Didn't live up to the standard you set for yourself. And you say to your soul and you pray, I didn't do it, but God still loves me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still his child. And by grace, I have another chance but regardless he loves me and i haven't lost it I haven't spoiled this relationship because his grace will not let me go or we come to this table we see someone being baptized and we see a picture that helps us when we can't to go beyond the words to taste and see that the lord is good to know in our soul something we sometimes can't even put into words so we 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 come to this and we remember That what's in that cup cannot be held by that cup. Any more than we are being filled with God can contain God. That there is so much being poured out that we remember that we are being nourished and sustained. And we know it as real as we know that we have swallowed this bread. That we've swallowed this cup. That our hearts know that we are being filled with all the fullness of God. It is crucial that we know God's love for us. That's the power to work out and do the things God calls us to do. We we can't do those things telling ourselves if I don't do this, I'm not really a Christian. We don't we don't live and do good things and and fight sin in our life saying, you know I've, I'm I'm I've, I'm better than this or I'm, I'm a loser. I've got to do better. We we do it only because we're strengthened to know. God's love is empowering you he has called you his own he's made you his daughter and son and in that power he's going to call you to live out the reality of being his sons and daughters would you please stand and let us state what we